evening, everybody. Uh, guys, Lockdown Browns, episode 204. Uh, guys, there was a couple episodes recorded this week, and I hit on some great topics like Corey Coleman. I made Pete Smith look like a, a chaplain of a church, as pissed off as I was, as T, uh, Pete sat back and listened to me rant on. Uh, we're not going to get into stuff. That, it's still stuff we can hit on another day. The trade. Hated it from every possible scenario. Trade away first-round talents and not get anything back. I don't give a crap what he was spending his money on. But we have football to talk about. I am absolutely geeked. Uh, first thing first, let's get a big round of applause. Hugh Jackson continues his preseason winning streak of five in a row. Congratulations to you. That's fantastic. Let's not forget about September to January where, you know, he's one in 31. Whole other different story, you know, other can of worms. Uh, joining me here tonight, we got to break down a Browns victory of the New York Giants. Uh, guys, uh, from waiting for next year, Cleveland, uh, obviously from the Orange Brown Report, um, breaking off into his own thing with YouTube here with the Browns film breakdown. Jay Kearns, he's been on many times. Uh, I'm really happy with the work he's doing. I'm proud of him. Uh, it's really hard to branch out with something new when you got a little one at home. So, Jake doing what he's doing, so check it out on YouTube. Doing a great job over there. Jake, buddy, what's going on? What's up, my man? Hey, thanks for the kind intro. I appreciate that. Not, uh, not much on my end, man. We were on a 16-game breakdown losing streak, so it was nice to, to break some film down with, uh, <laughs> with a win, you know, brother. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I literally sat here, and it was, you know, granted, week one of preseason, whatever, but just to be pleasantly surprised, and even see that first Saquon Barkley run, and you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And then, uh, you know, guys, we're going to hit on offense here, but then Denzel Ward with the absolute smack of the receiver, and, you know, I kind of think Denzel Ward kind of had the back of his head. Uh, I believe there were some scouting reports where people said, maybe I don't like to get my nose dirty. So you want to know what? I don't care. Take the taunting penalty. It's week one of the preseason. Jarvis Landry got Jarvis Landry was a dirty tackle. Yeah, you just, you know, I think the guy deserved getting you get in his ear. But we're gonna get get right into it. Uh, I mean, look, if they pretty much, you know, after the first drive, hit the ground running. Obviously, you know, first drive, the big reception to Landry kind of stole out there. But uh, Jarvis Landry, Jake, I'm probably gonna end up eating a little crow here on Jarvis Landry. I can. I'm starting to admit it now, just so hopefully I can fuel the flames before we get to September. Uh, but, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Jake, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry, right off the bat, you know, big connection. Yeah, no, that was awesome to see, man. I, I can only think of one true back shoulder throw that we saw last year, and that was week one against Pittsburgh, too. Ironically enough, uh, the reference uh, trade name you just said there, Corey Coleman. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm sure you, as a former wide receiver, big fan back shoulder throw. It's tough to guard. It's one of the hardest routes to cover. It's also one of the hardest routes to throw and catch. But, um, yeah, big play for Jarvis. And, 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 I think we gotta we st- we still have to realize what what Jarvis is. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I think he's got um, obvious limitations to what he can do. I think he does some things intangibles wise that you can't teach. Um, and you know, I'm sure you've touched on this before. And I'll I'll lead you into I'm sure some things that you know at a better clip than I do. But um, his route tree is still limited. I mean, even on that go route that he started with, they put him on a nine. Um, you know, vertical outside shoulder, run through and run by him. He's not going to run by people. He's going to have to back shoulder, jump up and catch the ball type of concept. So um, his route tree is limited, but that doesn't mean he can't find success in Cleveland. I think he's going to be, um, you know, a key factor for for culture change. He's going to be a key factor for um, consistency over the middle, catching the football and being able to do what we saw in that first play, which is go get a ball, um, you know, with, with the perfect timing to sell that back shoulder route. But I, I don't want people thinking that Jarvis Landy's going to run post routes and run by safeties and run by corner. That's just not going to happen. He's going to have to double move people, and that's okay. They just have to give their quarterback time to make that happen. So that was good to see. First drive, 
Um, you know, I think from there they, they tried to run Carlos Hyde. He got stuffed uh, overhand, took care of him, and then they stalled out on third down. I think they just kind of ran, ran a concept that the Giants had covered pretty well. But, yeah, second drive, man, was money. Great to see. Uh, we had a back shoulder ball to Higgins. Higgins um, was, was really effective. Had a couple of really nice back shoulder balls where he looked super fluid in making that catch. Can work outside. He played a little Z. Uh, played a little X. He can work in the slot. I like him. And then you had the touchdown ball from Tyrod um, to Njoku where you catch him in a catch New York in a little blitz off the edge. The Mike linebacker's got to run to cover him. You got a single high safety. Tyrod manipulates with the eyes real quick, holds him down. It's an easy throw. Njoku's an absolute animal, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on too. But yeah, it was good. Tyrod 5 for 5, 99 yards, man, in the first two, three possessions. They had the football. Uh, perfect efficiency. I, I mean, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, and I, I do want to get back to what you brought up about the back shoulder. I mean, it looks like it's extremely easy. It's not. And, and the thing is, it's, it's amazing to see where it's, you know, now here, obviously you have two new quarterbacks in Tyrod Taylor, in Baker Mayfield, in Cleveland. So there's no relationship with these wide receivers. And the hardest thing is, A, throwing that ball, because you've got to have all the faith in the world that your receiver is going to break at the right point. Otherwise, if it's a good defensive back, you don't know exactly when your receiver is going to break off the route is a really good chance to pick six going the other way, and everybody looks like an idiot doing it. So to be that comfortable, it shows that everybody's kind of on the same page and everybody's kind of jiving with each other. Um, the point, uh, you know, with Jarvis, and, and the greatest thing, look, I mean, the speech, yeah, I mean, obviously not safe for work. It never will be from hard knocks. But you look at this wide receiver locker room, you know, Jarvis Landry, who's what, I, I think 25, if that, he is in there, and, and he is the stalwart of this, you know, of that wide receiver locker room with his age. And, and it wasn't so much – it was more of a life lesson. Look, do you guys want to play this game for 10 years? Do you want to collect paychecks in the NFL for 10 years? Well, this is a little crap you got to do. And, you know, it, it's it, – it, it, the saddest part was that they showed Q being okay with it. Meanwhile, your players aren't. But, you know – that is the thing, and I really think that's a moment where Jarvis Landry basically said, look, I don't give a crap that this franchise is 1-31. We're, we're going to be better, and we're going to be better, and this is how we're going to freaking do it. Um, and obviously, you know, after the touchdown, uh, you know, all mayhem broke loose. And I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't really think it was going to be that quick, but out-trotted number six. And, you know, obviously the first drive, you know, deep in his own end, you know, maybe they could have left Tyrod in there. I think they played it safe, and they were smart. You know, basically just, you know, one pass, run the ball, run the ball. You know, let's let's not unleash Baker till we get in a better position. But once they got into a better position, uh, you saw every reason why the Browns thought he was the best quarterback in this draft. And maybe the difference why drafting a 23-year-old quarterback, you know, who's been through college for almost five years, as opposed to a 21-year-old redshirt sophomore or a 21-year-old junior, you saw what you got. And, it, 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 I mean, it was pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, no, man. Um, a lot, to, a lot to really like uh, what I saw from Baker, and I, I, I try, I try to bring this up as a discussion point that he's, um, you know, I was less worried about accuracy from clean pockets because that's not going to be a problem for him. Um, I was more worried about how he felt within the pocket, how he felt, uh, how he looked. Did he look small? I always remember Manziel. I love I, Johnny's always going to be a an unfinished product in the NFL for a multitude of reasons, but I've always felt Johnny Menzel look small. I didn't feel like Baker looked small. I, he didn't I, look I, small. I don't want Sorry, to cut but, you off, but like, that's the first thing I always do is when I see a, you know, a, a prospect for the first time now in the NFL, 
And maybe it's because Baker's a pretty thick dude. But, like, I always, like, does he look bigger? Does he look smaller? I actually thought he looked bigger than he looked. Granted, when you're standing next to Orlando Brown a lot, everybody's going to look small. But, I, I, you know, I didn't think he looked at just as a six-foot even quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I, I've been to one uh, camp covering it for the OBR. I'm going again Sunday. And I, I saw him walk out with uh, Drew Stanton. And Drew Stanton's a pretty stout guy. Uh, and there's, you know, other than a few um, inches of, of difference between the top of their head, man, they're built – the same so he puts a zip on the ball of a guy who's 6'5 250 so I, I you know you can see it you can hear the damn thing on the sidelines so it's not a problem but I wanted to the biggest thing I wanted to see was how was his decision making especially when things broke down how did he play within structure I know he can play out of structure how did he look within structure I loved it thought he did some really good things I thought a couple times he could have gotten frantic a third and 18 was been well documented on Twitter he stepped up did a nice job of shuffling his feet um you know, to, to kind of turn to get where he needed to get and then uh, stepped up into the pocket set, made a really good throw. So, um, you know, I, I was impressed by those things. I thought he did a nice job handling footwork under center. thought he did a nice job of play action fake stuff, getting his feet where he needed to get him. It looked like a guy who's been playing in that type of system for um, a long time. So uh, a lot to be positive about. I think their 11 for 20 number was um, byproduct of a couple throwaways, uh, a couple. I think there were a couple balls that came through some hands there. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. As far as Brown's rookie quarterback preseason debuts, uh, we'll, we'll blow smoke over these things far too often. But I do think it was pretty impressive, and you got to just feel good about it. You don't you don't write home about it, but you just you feel good. Guys, you're listening to Lockdown Browns episode two two hundred four, brought to you by obviously by the Lockdown Network. Uh, guys, uh, if you haven't checked out here, uh, the Draft Network has launched. A lot of friends over there. Four guys there, uh, uh, two separate podcasts now on Lockdown Network. Draft Dudes is back on Lockdown Network. I want to welcome Kyle uh, Krabs and Joe Marino back. So Draft Dudes, obviously, you know, uh, Lockdown Draft with John Ledger, Trevor Sakema, all those guys over at Draft Network now doing a great job over there. So go ahead and check that out. Um, now, there's a couple throws from Baker before I get to the skill guys I want to get to. I want to get to the rollout to Callaway that it was a carriage of a miscarriage of justice. That was ruled incomplete from the get-go. Gorgeous throw. And the most impressive thing I thought about that from Baker was he kept a perfect overhand release while rolling really hard to the right and was able to still keep it overhand. I mean, that's a really, really difficult throw. Yeah, man. That, that that throw where he's running away. And I actually saw, ironically enough, on the opposite <clears throat> spectrum of what we expect from our quarterbacks, um, the, heated, the, the other heated name, Josh Allen, made a pretty similar throw where he was working away. As a quarterback, man, the hardest throw that, 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 that you'll make is when you're, you're, you're being pursued from your, your left side. It's actually counter from your right side. But even, even so, if you're doing your right-handed quarterback being pursued from your left and you have to run it an angle away from where you're throwing. So you have no momentum. You're relying purely on arm strength, and that's all you have. And he made about a 30-yard throw there that was right on the money, put in a bucket where only Callaway could catch it. Um, and it, yeah, just, just very impressive. That throw was impressive. The ball doing Joku in the back of the end zone there where he climbed up, uh, worked his way through a couple different reads on the crossers underneath and worked his way to the top level of that, uh, square in at the top of the end zone. Another great ball. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the ball. He threw to Callaway on the slant where it was in the, the only spot that I think it could have gotten past the DB. It's just what he has a knack of doing, um, it is somehow the kid has an innate ability to put the ball more often than not, where only his guy can make a play on it. It's not something you can teach. Um, it's like a, it's like a kid being able to throw a fastball at 98 miles per hour. Sometimes you can't teach them to put it on the corner. He's able to paint corners, and that's 
it's a skill, man. It's a skill that not a ton of guys have. Um, I'm interested to see if it carries over to, uh, you know, to his everyday parts of his career, but there's no doubt that it showed in week one of the preseason. He did things uh, in structure. He did things out of structure, off base, you know, pinpoint accuracy. I'm just not sure we could feel any better about how that debut went. Um, and that's the thing. The one thing I want to want to get to with this, um, you know, you know, it, you know, where Baker Mayfield was getting dinged, obviously a lot of it came down to size. But I don't think people realize that the fact that his arm is as strong as it is, and the guy is damn intelligent with when it is time to throw. I mean, he actually choked on the Callaway ball because he knew it was there. I mean, and a lot of young guys, what are you going to do? You're going to rush it, the DB. You're going to hit the DB in the left elbow. As he's covering up the slant, he didn't rush it. He knew Callaway had him beat. He knew he was going to have to hold it a split second longer. He did it. I mean, in the place of it, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's it's so weird to get so excited over one preseason game, but some of the things that he did, I mean, especially with the one with Callaway, and he put him in such a position where it basically it was in a, almost an extended handoff, and it was Callaway versus a safety. Oof. Yeah, no, man, it's it's. It's an innate thing. I don't really know how else to describe it. It's it's. Uh, I'm I'm going to be very interested, Jeff, to see how he does when they let him throw it 40 times. Let him throw bubbles. Let him throw quick. Let him get some RPO work in, um, and and they rely on a lot of his arm talent. I, I thought that Haley did a really good job last night of of. I didn't I didn't feel like there were any playbook restrictions. They ran some tough schemes, man. Like I feel like everything that was on the table for Tyrod was everything that was on the table for Baker. They did a lot of play action. They did a lot of, like we talked about earlier, back shoulder throws, which are usually things that come as you get relationships with receivers. They did that well. Um, I thought they did some things to Njoku that were pretty impressive in terms of getting him out in different sets. So, um, you know, that's 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 what you want to see. A kid that's uh, OTAs, they were worried about that kind of thing with him, but he's he must have dug in. He must have gotten to understanding things. He's He's picking up guys on the sidelines. He's telling guys where to line up. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's certainly good. I always want to come back to how impressed I was with Tyrod, and then I think it is, I think it is Tyrod's team. Um, it, you know, right now Tyrod made that look effortless in his two drives against first teamers. So, um, you know, I think there's 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 a good thing to love about both of these guys, but I don't think we need to rush into quarterback controversy. I think it will happen naturally a byproduct of conversation um that i think will, will certainly happen but but it is it is not a quarterback controversy it is a quarterback blessing is how i'll describe it yeah and like for anybody who's you know everybody oh is he going to go to baker to save his job guys i'm, I'm not going to change this opinion john dorsey drafted this quarterback for the best thing for john dorsey's future in cleveland it's not for the best thing for hugh jackson's i don't think hugh jackson's even going to get to make this call uh two other things i want to bring up about baker with the comfort level uh, the first scramble for the first down. The one thing I always love is when a quarterback can give a little bit of a ball fake. In, in defensive guys, you get so caught up in it, you don't realize where he is on the field. So I always love it when the guy gives a little bit of a ball fake where it might have been an illegal forward pass, but the defensive guys fall for it anyway. I thought the second scramble for the first down was even more impressive because he stood in the pocket, looked for all his receivers, realized nothing was there, and he just knew right away from, obviously, you know, from his pre-snap read and all that, he knew where the escape pass was, and right off the right tackle, out, you know, pick up the yardage for the first down. Uh, you're talking about a guy, I mean, this is maybe what he was not given, I'm going to harp on it again, not given enough credit for, is he's a really, really smart guy playing quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're, you're spot on about that. I think he, 
he has uh you know the 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 ability to 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 decipher when i should run when i shouldn't run um you know what should i take the check down here should i take a shot here that sort of stuff that that some <laughs> we've seen this in the past 20 years some quarterbacks don't understand uh that that mental processing of do i like you talked about earlier jeff with the hitch mm-hmm. step on the slant do i make this hitch do i throw this ball right now or can i feel that inside presence do i make a hitch right here and then put it on him that sort of stuff is um, I keep using the word innate, but it is. It's natural to him. That is uh, always something that has seemed to come natural for him. So um, very cerebral. Um, I, I, I'm sure they ran, as you saw, they ran the earlier touchdown drive. They ran some no huddle with Tyrod in the first team. I think that they will do that with him without you know, without any hitch in the system if they want to. Um, he will have no problem with that. He did a lot of it at Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's what you want. You want him to be able to use his legs, but you want him to use them so, you know, intelligently. And then the same same sort of stuff with taking shots is the down assist down and distance makes sense. Are you leading those around you um, to where they need to be? That kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean just 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 what we wanted to see. Yeah, because as he grows more and more comfortable here, and I mean you saw Baker millions of times at Oklahoma, you know had the two fingers on the right hand like let's go, you know I I want to wait let's go let's go let's go, and as he grows more comfortable that's more than what you're going to see. Uh, guys, uh, obviously you know locked on Browns. Guys, uh, in August now, pennant races. Everything's cracking baseball-wise. Make sure you're checking out Lockdown MLB Network. Uh, every team pretty much covered there. Uh, Indians, uh, it's going to be a nice time here. Pretty much just going to cruise on into the playoffs for all my Indians fans. So go ahead, check out Lockdown Indians, Lockdown MLB. They got you covered with everything over there. Now, Jake, I just want to hit a couple positional players here. Uh, look, we're not going to really hit on the running backs. Obviously, you know, Carlos Hyde barely played. Duke Johnson barely played. Uh, if you want me to talk about Nick Chubb, all you can say is give Nick Chubb an incomplete. There wasn't much there. I know Jake profiled one run today where there was maybe a hole to the right. But sometimes you get into a point now where you're, you're feeling so much heat in the backfield, your first thing is, is you know, you kind of lose a little bit of your vision. That's how you end up bouncing runs out because you're not expecting runs to be there. What I do, I would like to see is I would like to see Nick Chubb you know, put him right in, make him part of the first series next week, rotate in the running backs. Get him one carry where he gets seven, eight yards and says, all right, I'm capable of this. This is good. It's just a tough night for him overall, but you know, he had nothing. I mean, he running into brick walls. There's only so much you can do. Um, yeah, good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say Nick Nick uh, came in when, when the second group was playing a lot of snaps. I don't think there's anybody who needs to see a PFF breakdown to know that Sean Coleman – and uh, Greg Robinson at your tackles is not going to typically lead to a ton of success. Spencer Drango. Wherever um, you put Spencer, I'll tell you what, one thing we learned about Spencer Drango last night is it's going to take a miracle for him to be on this final 53. It's going to take yeah, a miracle. It, it really is. He did not play well. And I was uh, so far pretty disappointed in Austin Corbett, but it's early. He's young. Um, he gets you know, he, he, he certainly does. He'll, he'll develop. He is moving. We have to remember. I think everybody sees Austin Corbett and they think that kid's future's inside. Like, that's fine. I think that he's probably an inside player, too. But don't forget, he played left tackle at Nevada pretty consistently. And he came into the NFL and they were working him as a tackle more than they were working him inside. So that will be an adjustment. And there's going to be no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we're missing Zeitler. You're playing Drango, who is he needed to play really well this, this camp to keep his roster spot was insufferably bad last night. 
Um, so if you watch Nick Chubb runs, yeah, I pointed out one runner I thought he might have had. If he pressed it one way or the other, he had a nice cut to either his right or if he pressed it right, he had a good cut back left. But that you know that that stuff is it's it's like swinging at a fastball. Sometimes you run into it, sometimes you don't. So it's okay. He needs opportunities. He needs to keep the field, the rhythm going. He's coming into a completely new offense with completely new running system, you know, running system schemes in front of him. So it's going to take some time to adjust. He was running, you know, in front of offensive linemen who clearly haven't gelled yet. And the Giants have a sneaky good defensive front with some depth up there. So they they played well. You know, sometimes the other guys just play better than your guys do. And I thought the Giants played well up front. But, you know, obviously the Browns found ways to beat them through the secondary. So um, that's okay. Nick, you know, Carlos Hyde had a carry. Like I, I mentioned earlier, you know, they had no chance. A guy came off an overhang, came untouched off the end. Um, Duke Johnson, I think, had a carry. He, you know, it is what it is. They're not going to play those guys a ton. I, I do think they're going into the season with Carlos as the as the main main down back. Which I'm, I, I know this has kind of been a, a hot button topic about who's going to play the majority. I think that Carlos Hyde really effective in the inside zone, and I think the Browns are going to run a ton of inside zone. That's what he does best. If you remember, he was, you know, King El Guapo at Ohio State. Man, he was an inside zone fiend when that kid was getting friggin' five to seven yards every time he touched it from the gun with Braxton downhill. So I think that's what he's best at, and that's the scheme that he reads the best. So I think he's going to play a lot of snaps. I think they're going to get Duke in. They're going to get Chubb initiated, but I don't expect Chubb to really have a huge role until year two. That's just me. It could be different. We could have a discussion at the end of the year review and say, Jake, you're an idiot. But that's just kind of where I lean. I think they want to they want to get Nick initiated to the NFL, get him about 100 carries, work his way in. But, um, you know, if you're expecting Nick Chubb to come in and break out 70-yard runs, you're not, you don't know Nick Chubb. He's a, he's a chop of the axe at the tree guy, and he's going to cut it down eventually and get you – you know, 25 carries for 110 yards. That's, that's just who he is. He's going to block his butt off in pass coverage. Had a nice little catch on an angle route out of the backfield. He that turned was, into 13 yards. Yeah, very impressive. He's going to do this. He's a great athlete, man. So don't overreact to one running game. It's going to happen. He's going to get you some yards after contact. But he's, he's not going to be an Adrian Peterson home run hitter. He's going to be a better version of Isaiah Crowell, and he's going to get you some more consistency back there. And eventually he will do that for them. Yeah, I mean, Chubb is going to be like a Novocaine type of back. Yep. Um, two things there, uh, as far as this. Um, the, maybe this is going to train more towards the passing game will set up and make the running game easier. That's kind of what you got the feel of. I mean, obviously with over 300 yards passing, they're going to be able to throw the ball. So you'll be able to find running lanes when you get, once you get that established. One thing, Greg Robinson, look, for the future of your career and for the future of this team, I think it's time to maybe consider Greg Robinson might be a guard. So maybe it's time to do that. He does do one thing somewhat well, and that's run block. So maybe it's time uh, you know, over a Spencer Drago. Maybe Greg Robinson will be your sixth offensive lineman. Maybe you start him at left guard and give Corbett. The last thing you want to do is throw him out there and have the kid you know, not do well right from Jump Street week one of the regular season. So maybe use Greg Robinson. He kind of knows how this game works by now. But maybe you have something there if you can play a little guard, be your sixth offensive lineman, come in as a second blocking tight end in those situations. Maybe try to use the, what Greg Robinson is good for and, and, and stick with that. Um, Antonio Callaway, um, for a guy who hasn't played a football game in almost two years, obviously there was some rust, and there's going to be some rust. It was early. But, uh, I mean, the slant and the catch on the sidelines, it did look like a guy who's not played football in two years, not at all. 
No, I thought initially he was a little sloppy. He came out, he dropped the ball early. He had a, uh, like you said, Jeffy, he, 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 he'd come down on a couple routes. I thought he slipped on one that he, he could have made a play on. But yeah, I mean, you know, the guy's been played a game since 2016. He's got a lot going on in his personal life with what just transpired recently. Well, that was the most impressive thing. What he went yeah. through and then to come out there two nights later and, and, and I mean, first time, I mean, first time on an NFL field and wow, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was some. Some you know natural plays for that kid that he made the sideline catch we referenced earlier when he made a comeback off Baker's scramble, the slant route was pretty impressive. I mean catching that ball with a defender hanging on his backside shoulder, then being able to turn it up field and as you feel the turn up field, um, you know at that point hey I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot in the ground one cut and make the safety look like a fool. So I mean you know that's the stuff we love to see. It was good to see he's got a future in the NFL if he keeps his head on straight. Um, you'd, you'd be blind to see that that guy doesn't have a future in the NFL, but you need him living with a teammate and, uh, you know, make, making as, as good a decisions as he can for his future because there's money on the line. Uh, there's a lot on the line for him, and the Browns have invested clearly enough into him um, that they need to make sure he's he's a part of what they do in the future, and, and, and the talent is, is most definitely there. You watch that game last night, and you have Jarvis. You have a, a third year now, Higgins, and a Callaway, and you're like, man, there were games last year where all three of these guys are starting right away. There's probably seven-game stretch where all three of those guys are finding the field. This version of Higgins is finding the field. So, um, you know, that's it's that's great. That's what we want to see. It's it's the best of the, 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 the situation the wide receiver room is in, having Corey Dell and having Josh out. That's the best thing we could have saw last night. I will touch on one thing before we jump on, that the Browns better play the waiver wire or use someplace to have depth to make a trade. Um a small time trip. I don't know, but they cannot go into the season with the status quo up front. And I'm not talking about a starter. They cannot have a Joel Batonio turn left ankle, you know, turned ankle away from being Greg Robinson at left tackle or, or Sean Coleman at left. They have to find another player. I thought Chris Hubbard played well at right tackle, but they have to find <laughs> they have to find the waiver wire answer somewhere, or uh, maybe one of these unsigned rookies, Delorier or. Harrison, one of these guys, I don't know, but I don't, I feel very unsettled about the tackle depth because we've seen Joel Batonio get hurt before. And, you know, last year when Joe Thomas went down unexpectedly, I don't think Spencer Drango killed the Browns per se, but there were certainly five to seven plays a game where he changed the environment of the pocket. So um, that's just something that we're going to have to, we're going to have to try to figure out long term. Well, if it, whether it's moving an EJ Gaines or whether it's moving a Jamie Collins, look, we don't need any more stinking draft picks. You're, you're going to need to find somebody else that can play your swing tackle. I, you know, I mentioned Greg Robinson. I, you can do better. You can keep Greg Robinson as an emergency tackle, a backup guard. But, yeah, I, I do agree with you there. Um, this cornerback crew, somebody here is going to have to go. The linebacking crew, I, I can guarantee you, John Dorsey does not like the money that Jamie Collins makes. John Dorsey pays pass rushing linebackers. He doesn't play guys. And here's the th- and Jamie Collins has never been what he was in New England with Cleveland. So I would not be surprised if somebody was interested in Jamie Collins. He would be a guy that we've moved on from. Uh, now the last one here, and I do want to give myself the old uh, little pat on the back here. When I put out you know, my pregame tweets yesterday, this is what you want to see. This is what you're looking for. David Njoku is a mismatched nightmare. Exploited. Yeah, he may drop a pass or two. People get way too 
freaking fired up about drops. Yeah, it was a lot different back in the day when a number one wide receiver caught 60 passes in a season. When you're seeing 160 targets in a year, you're going to drop some freaking balls. It's just the way it goes. But David Njoku, first things first, the second touchdown from Baker, nobody was going to catch him because who's got a six foot five safety with a 40-inch vertical? And Alec Ogletree has a reputation of being a pretty athletic linebacker. And he just got freaking dusted. No more excuses. And David Njoku, and if it turns out that you know Josh doesn't show up anytime soon, and it is Jarvis Landry, your number, your one and two in targets better be Jarvis Landry and David Njoku. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. I think you made a good, you know, did a nice job of referencing Njoku. I wrote something two weeks ago for the OBR about play, player breakout watches. He did something at 21 years old with with uh, with four touchdowns and 300 yards receiving that we've only seen from the likes of Tony. Gonzalez, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, and Jason Witten. So the pe- the pattern here for a jump is very evident. You mentioned it just a second ago. He's a freak of nature athletically. I thought in film study last year where he was most effective was a two-point stance in the wing, kind of one by – I always say one by one, one yard laterally, one yard deep um, into the backfield there because they can pull him down the line and block well. He did that really well last year, the second half of the year but also because it gives him a clean release. Anybody who wants to walk up and get their hands on him right away, they're not going to be able to. He's got good enough feet to make you miss. He can run well enough to run by you in the in the slot running seams or you know double moves in the seams. It's He's a nightmare, man. He, he has the potential to be a top three tight end in the NFL, and he eventually, when Rob Gronkowski's done, if his career ascends the way I think you think it can ascend, he has the ability to be one of not, if not the best tight end in the league. That's just who he is athletically. And he's going to see tons of snaps because he's proven, like I said, in the last half of the last year to be an effective blocker. So you can block with him. You can, you can throw to him. He played X last year, the backside receiver on the line of scrimmage, usually where teams, as you know, Jeff put their best wide receiver to ISO one-on-one. Yep. He did it last year to Jalen Ramsey on a back shoulder ball, made Jalen Ramsey look like a JV high school football player. I mean, the guy is as good as they come. He can do multiple things. You can put him in X and ISO him. You can put him in the wing uh, and, and run him down the seam. You can put him in the slot and let him work on linebackers. He'll do any and all of the above. He'll do it effectively, and he's going to give a you know a quarterback a safety blanket that needs to be used. And he's going to be able to do big play type things too, as we saw last night. So, as you said, targets he should be he should be above a hundred targets this year. He has to be on the field more, um, and he's why I don't freak out over a limited wide receiver room because his natural abilities mean every down tight end type ability. So, uh, great to see from David. Sky's the limit. If you've seen him in person, uh, he's he kind of looks like a Greek god. Like that guy's chiseled from a different set of oh, stone yeah. than when God made me. So, um, yeah, I'm glad he's a Cleveland Brown. Put it that way. Well, and the other things uh, you saw on the long touchdown, the first one. Now he's loose, and there he was at the five yard line, and you saw the safety. I mean, no safety in their life wants to be one on one with David Njoku. And he kind of gave a little effort to the shin and, you know, realized it was going to be a touchdown. And, you know, God bless you, bro, by all means for this. I wouldn't have done it either. So, you know, it's just just different cut of cloth that this guy is from. And he's got the vertical to go along with it. Special, special talent. Uh, guys, yeah, and you're talking, he, you're talking, Jeff, about his hands. If you look back, he had four recorded drops last year. Um, all four were contested throws. It's not like he had a wide open. He had, he had one against... Uh, Green Bay, if you recall, that key third down where they needed to keep their drive going to end the game. 
through that slant and the guy was all over him. He did drop that one. It snuck through as he hit the ground. He had the ball against the Vikings up the sideline where it was contested. He almost came down with it. And another one up the seam deep early in the Chargers game. So the guy, I mean, it's not like the guy's dropping hitch routes that are in his hands or, or bombs over the top that are landing in his hands. And he's he, these are contested catches he's not making a play on. So, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's a guy that's going to be really good in, in reacting to a tweet from a beat reporter about a drop, couple drop balls in individual period should not be something you try to, to plaster on this kid as well. He doesn't have the ability to hang on to the football. When it couldn't be any further from the truth, just do yourself a favor, use Google, use NFL Game Pass, get yourself a little free month trial, and do some research. It's very simple to do. Sorry, different tangent, buddy. My bad. No, I hear you. <laughs> and, and one more thing. If I ever see David Najoku covering a punt again in my life, I, I'm, com- I'm coming to Cleveland and somebody's head's going to roll because it's just absolutely stinking asinine. So we'll go with there. Yeah. But, guys, we're going to put a ball on this one. As you can tell, me and Jake pretty excited about everything that went down. Uh, you know, Even if David had to tackle, that was impressive. But, by God, no means should he be on punt coverage. Uh, you know, for Jake Burns, uh, guys, like I said, uh, you know, great work over at uh, the Orange Brown Report. Check everything out there at the, uh, the OBR. Uh, you know, follow Jake at JakeBurns19. And check out, uh, obviously, uh, the new thing he's doing with the Browns film breakdown. Uh you can follow that account at Brownsville BDN, correct? Jake? Correct. They they, they put right. a character limit on me, my man. So I had to, I had to shorten breakdown to BDN. Damn, sons of bitches. <laughs> um, but guys, appreciate you for listening. Look, we are back up and running. Football is back. We got games to talk about. Des Bryant's coming in for a goddamn interview. It's going to be interesting the way this all goes down, guys. But I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, back up and running. Uh, you guys mean the world. Follow the Twitter account, at LockedOnBrowns. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, we're excited. A lot to be uh, excited about. But look, preseason don't mean nothing. It's a hill of beans. Let's get excited for September. Keep the guys healthy. Keep everybody performing. We'll talk to you guys soon.